0: Welcome to a uh, special episode of the Surgeon Masters program. Um, we're doing this as a follow up to our mini podcast with uh, Dr. Shruti Tannen. Uh, she's a board certified plastic surgeon with an added subspecialty certification in hand surgery. Uh, Shruti, uh, thanks for joining us for this expanded version so we can learn some more about uh, your book and the things that you'd like to share with some other listeners.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So we shared on the, you know, we talked about some key points in the, uh, mini podcast about, uh, creating a strategy to consistently make, um, online marketing tactics, a, a fabric of the practice to, Mm -hmm. uh, bring up the conversation as sort of a component of patient education uh, and to sort of diversify the, the reviews that people are getting um, across some various platforms. So those were some of the key points, but I want to delve in, you know, share that key message, but also um, to learn a little bit more about um, your book, about you, and other things that I know our listeners would find very valuable.
1: Certainly. I think you kind of nailed it when you said we were talking about patient education. I mean, I think that education and educating, whether it was educating residents um, and fellows when I was in an academic practice or educating peers and sharing my lessons um, or um, educating patients. That's a big driver for me. I enjoy that. And that's a part of why I wrote the book. You know, I really wanted to help out um, people in practice, whether they're just getting started or they're trying to figure out if they have it in them to to launch um, a website, launch their own business, um, I wanted to empower that person to feel like they could take control rather than just sort of give the reins over to a digital marketing agency. And we all know those are, they vary in, um, in their level of care taken with your content um, and their level of attention to your website.
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, and I see that with a lot of things that I, Am um, sharing and teaching that people have the opportunity to do that, but even if the the purpose of re- I mean, would you find that reading your book, a reader could read it just to raise their base knowledge of the concepts and the conversations to have with potentially an uh, uh, you know digital and marketing company or an online marketing company, um, or they might be the do it yourselfer that that you um did or something in between right
1: you know yes it both um it's um, it's exactly as you described. There's something for the person who wants to do the whole thing themselves. And then there are times that you'll need a web developer uh, because we all know that in the beginning for those, po- those folks who are just starting out their practice, you know, you have more time for business development than you do, say, five years in. And so five years in, that person can read this and say, oh, you know, these are things I should ask my marketing team. Are they doing, you know, have they um, done my bid adjustments for geography or have they done, so things that they can kind of, you know, like we have our medical lingo, they have their own lingo in marketing. And I think it's important to understand it so we can be better advocates for our own accounts, whether we're completely in control of them, or we've relinquished some of that control, but you still obviously control the purse for that.
0: And and I could go a lot of different ways with this conversation. I think those are great. I think to have a little bit of flow to our conversation, I'm thinking, I want to hear a little bit about more driving up, to writing the book and writing it and then we'll get Mm -hmm. into some of the things in the book like maybe a couple of favorite chapters of writing or sharing and then um kind of the next steps you know people that want to learn more tell us uh, Mm -hmm. you know i'm just really curious about the the gusto the effort the drive (laughs) to put it all together in a book can you give us a little bit of help on that i mean I, i love it it's fantastic
1: Well, I think it's the perfect example. So, you know, my co-authors are my husband, Vinay Tannen, uh, who's a biomedical engineer, PhD, but he also has a history of working on a Google advisory company. So that's where I get a lot of this, like, prowess and website and Google Analytics. And then Karen Horton, who's a social media influencer in plastic surgery. Um, And so it came from, I mean, seriously, it came from a frustration of, like, this isn't out there. How is this not out there? How is there not, like, a how-to build your online presence yourself in a bootstrapped way i mean sure there are all these like digital marketing for you know the average business but as a clinician we're not the average business right like we're held to different standards as we should be um and so it's i when i was trying to look at this and say now how do i distill you know medical jargon into something that the average person is googling and reading about in a way that's both educational to someone I haven't even met yet, but at the same time allows me to reach them and connect with them. So it was, uh, I was finding it like I was having fits and starts as I would sit down and write a blog post or a social media and uh, post, and I, I wanted to, I wanted to make it better. Um, I think as surgeons we always strive. You know, we're reading the journals, we're going to meetings. I just got back from the Aesthetic Society meeting we're always trying to make ourselves better and that's how i felt about my website i wanted it to reflect me i wanted it to be my copy um i didn't want it to be one of those plastic surgery websites with a bunch of like scantily clad women i wanted it to have information that i wrote um uh, because it's going to reflect me it's it's a part of it's a part of my brand and so i think a part of it like a part of the impetus was i wanted to make a good website and i wanted to teach myself how to do it Um, and I was, you know, I had just left my practice. So I was kind of trying to do this in the most economical way possible.
0: Excellent. I mean, I think, and that's probably a a great thing. I mean, there are certainly people that are knocking it out of the park in medicine, but most of us are a little bit in the struggle of the business aspect because so little of that was taught along the way. Um, and, so, anything that we can learn to do ourselves is is a is a great thing, so I compliment you on that um How did you break it down like how did you feel the having gone through it, how did you organize that into into a book
1: um so we took so we took the anything that's good, and the organizational component came from my husband, so he literally applied his like analytical brain. I don't know how people get PhDs, right? Like how do you go for six years and just go and do research and at the end have a thesis and a degree? He, It, it requires discipline. And so he really helped us by um, saying, okay, now these are the components of our success in an online brand. And these are things that a surgeon can handle. Um, and so we tried to distill it into nuggets that, were, that made sense. So as we were going along doing it, literally as we were in our beginning year and a half of practice, um, we were collecting data real time on our own Google console. But at the same time we were saying, all right, you know, there should be a section on how do you write content? How do you write copy? There should be a section on our website. And so we started just kind of organizing and having a mock-up of writing the book in a way that there was something for everyone, because there is, like you already said in the beginning, there's something for the beginner who's just now who's like in the end of their fellowship wants to start a private practice. There's something for the novice who is in a different employed practice where someone else is doing all their marketing, but they might want to improve it. They might say, our marketing isn't working. We're wasting too much money. How can we make it work for us? Um, Or someone who's like, I think I want to leave my current employed situation and I need to feel like I can do this on my own and I don't know how. Or I'm 10 years in and I want to reboot. So as we started writing it, we would create sections of, you know, here's how I start and then how do I grow? And so what are things that I want to do after I launch? And so that section at the end of each chapter helps the reader come back to it. I mean, those are the kinds of things I want them to bookmark and say, oh, now that we're here, this is how I can go a step farther.
0: That's excellent. And uh, so uh, beginning to end, uh, again, a lot of it was following just what you were doing. And then Put it into a format to educate others. Uh, Other Mm -hmm. key things that you uh, uh, incorporated along the philosophies of getting better at anything?
1: Um, So we, you know, we got feedback like you always do. So I got feedback from key opinion leaders in the space on ways to make it better, make sure there wasn't something we left out um, that we might not have done, but we could have made it better. And so that was, that's always humbling and very helpful, you know, at the same time. Um, and we have, we were trying to decide whether we were going to go down the self-publishing route um, through the platform we chose Draft2Digital, um, or did we want to like have print copies? And I realized it was about making it accessible. You know, I wanted this to be something that like a resident could pull up on their phone when they're waiting for conference to start, or, you know, a physician could look out while they're um zoning out in a meeting. <laughs> I I wanted it to be accessible.
0: That's fantastic. So then you get it uh goes through all that process. Uh the day it it publishes or releases, mm-hmm. what does that feel like?
1: It was a lot of like, you know, biting nails. It was amazing. So when you use a platform and you don't go all in. So what I mean by that is you, your options are you can say, all right, I'm just going to pay this publisher a lump sum and they're going to do it. But as you notice, we tend to do things ourselves. Yeah. Um, and so we chose to do a platform that would send it to different ebook readers um, or e-readers. So like you can go to one link and you can either get it for your Kindle, for your Nook, for your iPhone reader uh, or iBook, I should say. And then there are these other e-readers that I didn't even know they existed. But um, so There are a lot of kinks when the software is talking to the software on the different platforms, and so I don't know if it's ever going to make my name look, Shruti Tannen, MD, (laughs) on Amazon. Like I don't know that that listing is ever going to look right because every time we contact them, they have a different answer. But it's okay. You know what I mean? That took that took a lot for the perfectionist plastic surgeon in me to be like, okay. I can't control this and that is fine because there were some funky things with the formatting um, that I had to literally just let go
0: <laughs>
1: but it has to do with the e-reader and how it pulls the data from draft to digital the platform that we utilize uh, but that's a lesson learned because I mean this pillars of practice platform which is literally for topics that aren't covered in a structured way um, for in medical training we as we think about maybe our second book, I don't know, but that's a, that's something for us to note for the future is that there's some limitations to the platform, the DIY mindset.
0: Right. So the um, I'm, I'm seeing some patterns of me and other surgeons in your process. Um, And I haven't accomplished that book, but I've been producing way more things than I ever expected to produce, but Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that I, have celebrated the success. Uh, my team tries to get me to say yay and cheer, but I'm always on to like, what's the next chapter? What's the next thing? Did you take the <laughs> opportunity to celebrate?
1: It's You know, it's funny. So I did. And I think that's because I gave myself a deadline and the deadline was the um, Aesthetic Society meeting. I wanted to have it ready to be able to share with colleagues at that meeting. Because I was going to run into a lot of my trainees, um, my first class of trainees when I was on faculty. And so I was going to see them at the meeting. I wanted to be able to say, here, you know, I finally made it. I'd been talking about this resource for a year and a half now. And so it, it did feel celebratory because I saw my co author there. We were able to share it and talk about it with um, colleagues, um, with mentors, with friends. And so I think if I didn't have that kind of a meeting, it might have felt like not as climactic, but it, it was. Um, it was refreshingly so.
0: Awesome. Uh, so um, I know people can definitely learn more uh, by reading the book. Um, I know they can also learn more specifically on uh, some of the concepts of online marketing um, that you shared in our mini podcast. What, what are some other favorite chapters that you think are good teasers to those who want to learn more?
1: Certainly. You know, I would recommend to get granular and drill down in details that are important, necessary, um, but not exactly great conversation topics. I would recommend the reader go to the book for things like developing your website, um, running Google Analytics on your ads. How do you design an ad and then how do you um, adjust your ad as you notice whether they're performing well or performing poorly and you pivot and making sure you're patient enough to allow it enough time to perform and then track that performance. So for those very specific topics, I would recommend going to the book. Things that I would, um, I think would be fun to talk about here would be talking about content marketing because as an English major, um, an undergrad at UNC Chapel Hill, I thought, oh, I got this. I can do this blog. And then I, um, yeah, exactly. And then my husband laughed. And so then we ran it through, there are a lot of different kind of, um, I use WordPress for my website. um, And there are a lot of different analytical, like add-in plugins that you can have on your, um, on your webpage to help you get a sense of, okay, how is my search engine optimization score on this? How is my keyword utilization? What's my reading level? And so I found that I use a lot of run-on sentences surprise and my reading level was like at the eleventh grade, like not perfect, definitely far from it. And I hit all red lights. Like your goal is to hit all green lights on this one plugin. So I was like, oh gosh, we've got a long way to go. And I'd get frustrated and disheartened. And then I created a little rubric, a little key list or checklist that every time I write a blog, I need to make sure that I, I kind of hit these things. And so um and I'll share with you a couple of, you know, what those were from um, from my own experience that we shared in the book. Sure. So one of those was, you know, there's really no perfect length for a post. I think it's important that you not feel like you need it to be really long or really short, but you want to be able to cover your topic and to get the benefits um, from an SEO perspective. And by that, I mean... You want Google to find it and then point people to your website when they're looking for a related question. And so um, you want a post to be about at least 300 words. Um, and what helps your reader's eye move down the page along those 300 words is subheadings. Um, and it's really important. Also on my checklist is to pepper the keyword throughout the post, but you really want a nice natural tone. and I found that my best posts were ones that were inspired by a conversation with the patient. So I literally sat and said, what is the most common question I got in clinic today? Um, and oh, it was people were asking me, you know, what's the difference between silicone and saline breast implants? And why would I pick one or the other? And so I wrote a post around it. Um, and so it's, it's so much easier when I picture a patient encounter, an actual person and say, okay. You know, these are the things that are important to share. But then I'd also have to make sure it's not so specific because everyone's a little bit different and coming at this, reading your post in a different place in their lives. And so it's important that it's not alienating one group in favor of another, but that it has information that in general applies to most people. Um, so yeah, that sorry. was that was key.
0: Yeah, and I'm just hearing that, you know, so we're we get really good at those one-on-one conversations with patients. And we know how to ad lib with each patient to tailor the conversation to them. I think uh, in general, surgeons do that uh, very, very well, but kind of stepping back and trying to talk to multiple patients at once and broaden the conversation uh, sounds a lot uh, what you're sharing. In addition to the points of, you know, trying to avoid things that might turn one audience off versus another all challenging things, but it's great. We can, go to the book to um, have a way to develop a checklist and also have a strategy to do that in sort of a best practices format.
1: Absolutely, and I'll share with you another little nugget for us. So. Um... Email marketing was something that I initially was like, I don't really know about this. I don't want to clog people's inboxes. But what I realized is people like engaging. So they come and they see us and they don't see us, but once every, you know, few months or something like that, if they're coming for their Botox, for example, but they they like to know what's going on. And so I found that it all started because, so when I started my practice, of course, um, I wanted to grow my family as well, and it all happened at the same time, and so three or four months in, I had my second child, um, and so I people would ask me, they're like, well, are you going to send us a baby picture? Like, we want to see, what do you name it? We want to see it, and so they actually asked. I'm like, you know what? That'll be my first email newsletter, and so we definitely shared a baby picture, <laughs> but we also kind of talked about, all right, these are things that are going on at the practice. You might be wondering, you know, when are we starting back up with surgery, And things like that. And then also just talking about things happening in the community. And so really kind of, again, getting back to trying to maintain that connection with your patients through email newsletters and bringing them back to your practice rather than them going somewhere else for something that you and several other people in town might have, you know, it's, um, but doing it in a very authentic way, doing it in a way that's consistent with you, your brand, your way of communicating. So that was um, that was something that initially I found as like a pain point. And then later, I kind of came to love and be like, oh, you know, this is a cool event happening in town. I want to share that in my newsletter um, and give that a little highlight so people in town might know about it and go to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're... You- Again, the words that you're using are things that I've been, you know, definitely tapping into and, and appreciating more and more. But again, it's almost like a retraining or a rephrasing of what we do when we're doing really well in, in practice in general, you know, having a connection, um, allowing people a way to, to stay aware of changes or things that are going on. I mean, and, and all this, you're sort of, reorganizing into content or, and finding out ways to make that content, not only readable to the person that actually reads it, but actually, so it actually gets in the hands of more people by leveraging the different things that, again, we know less about, but we have tons of ways to learn more from your book.
1: You know, and you're right about that, about like things that you shared, you know, studies show we're most likely to share posts that are edutaining things that are educational, but also entertaining at the same time. And it's hard if you put yourself, hold yourself to that standard for every single post you write, which is what I did at the beginning, right? Cause back to our perfectionists, we don't get to where we are um, without that love, that drive, but you don't have to do that for every post. Every post doesn't have to be something you try and get to go viral. I think from time to time, it's nice to try and do that, but it's important to find your voice within that, just like you've experienced in your own, website and your own um, podcast. You know, it's important, I think, to from time to time, whether it's your own content or something else that you're sharing in like a Facebook post or um, Instagram or Twitter, those edutaining ones are the ones that get shared the most. And then people understand that this is the philosophy of your practice, especially when you comment on that post. Those kinds of things can be very valuable for your readers um, and for your patients to kind of say, oh, this this is how they do things here. They have a pretty decent sense of humor or whatever.
0: So excellent, and again, yeah, you know, I, I just feel the. Uh, I'll call it expertise. You can be the the humble person that figures out, out how you would probably turn around and say, "Well, um, it it feels different on your end," but I I think your expertise is outstanding, um, and I really appreciate it. the one thing that I would turn around on is that all these things, whether the listener feels like an expert or not, it's it's really honestly just finding the your starting point and having the ability to move it forward. Right. So I don't look at that as just anything more than another opportunity for me to get better at it, uh, anything I choose to get better at.
1: I totally agree.
0: What do you think? I mean, uh, as we kind of wrap up our conversation again, they definitely can learn more, uh, by connecting with your book and we'll provide them that link. Um, Mm -hmm. things that you would say and wrap up or take home messages.
1: You know, I think it can be daunting at first. Um my this online marketing this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Um and I think it's important to Keep your eye on the prize the whole time, uh, specifically when you're doing your content marketing. It's a really good way to keep fresh, relevant content in a blog to make your website and your brand appear to be what it really is, which is relevant, dynamic, fresh. Um, And so I think, you know, keep the end goal in mind. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Have fun and feel like you're having a conversation with your patient on your front porch. Um, And that makes it so much easier.
0: And I think we did the same thing. I felt like I had a conversation with you and I had a lot of fun doing it and I learned something. Uh, what a blast. Thanks for being with us.
1: Oh, uh, Thank you for having that, having us. I love, I love listening to Surgeon Masters and kind of learning from you and as you sort of really help all of us listeners navigate, okay, here's another topic that I can learn from and improve myself from. So we appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you.
0: And we appreciate uh, Dr. Shruti Tannen uh, joining us. Uh, we'll encourage people to check out uh, Pillars of Practice, Online Marketing Tactics They Never Taught Us in Medical School. And even though I'm going to learn a lot from that book, I look forward to whatever next thing you're doing because I, I, I know you're not going to stop here. And, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Ciao. Now, take 10 minutes and put your plan into action to practice your best.